Are you an aspiring creative in entertainment, business, fashion, design, or the arts? Do you want to elevate your creative passion project to the next level? Then this show is for you. Whether you want a career in television, film, radio, literature, music, or beyond, Creative Breakthrough will show you how to take your dreams and turn them into reality. This show will not only leave you feeling motivated and inspired, but also provide you real-life tools to pursue the creative journey you have always wanted. I'm your host, creative coach, and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassab, a.k.a. The Funny Brown Girl. Yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle. How many of you know someone who has rung the bell at the New York Stock Exchange? This week, our guest, Abhi Varghese, recently had the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do so for the launch of his new comedy sitcom, Metro Park. Abhi is a New York-based writer and director best known for his Netflix series, Brown Nation. His other notable work includes Akara Kasjakal, an Indian TV sitcom that went for five seasons. Abhi's feature film includes Monsoon Mangoes. He's currently working on a feature film in Hindi as well as a couple of new TV series. In this episode, we talk about balancing a full-time career with a passion project, making the move to full-time creative entrepreneur, and taking your script from creation to production. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome to the guest chair, Abby. Thank you so much, Rain. No, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me on as a guest. Yes. So one question I really like to start with when I, uh, when I talk to creatives is, how did your creative journey start? Um, well, my creative journey started uh, maybe like about 10 years ago. I, always, I knew that um, I always wanted to get into films and uh, writing films and directing films. Um, but, um, you know, I, you know, played the safe game of getting a corporate job, um, getting my MBA. Um, but my, you know, my passion was always in films. Um, so what I did was that, um, you know, during the weekends, uh, we would, uh, film a, a TV show, like a YouTube series, um, in, in my, in a regional language, uh, my language called Malayalam. And, uh, we would just, um, air it on YouTube, um, every week, every, pretty much every week. And it became a big success, uh, back in 2010 and 2011. And that kind of like, you know, made me realize that I could probably do this full time. Um, and it just, everything kind of started off, um, from there, just kind of getting the feedback from the audience saying that, uh, you know, the things that you're making uh, are relevant. Um, so it, it, it all started that way. And then I slowly um, drifted away from my like nine to five job and really got into um, full time filmmaking. That's awesome. That's such a cool story. So do you do you ever look back and think you should have just gone straight into film versus going to school and pursuing your MBA? Yeah, you know, it's 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 actually it's it's like, you know, I always think about that. And I think it's a little mixed uh, for me. Um, I feel like that um, now that I look back, you know, when I was there, I always wanted to, I felt like, man, I should have just gone into films uh, full time. Um, but now looking back, I think um, a lot of the film business need um, the business degree. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that I got my MBA because um, right now, you know, when you're pitching out uh, TV series and film, um, there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of like numbers involved. There's a lot of like business terminology and there's, a lot of like uh, networking um, involved that uh, business school has really taught me. 
So I think no matter what you, I know, I know that, um, you know, you try to be creative and uh, you um, want like to be a hundred percent creative, but I think uh, in order to make it in this business, I think uh, you definitely need to know the business side of things as well. Um, I, I think it goes really uh, well together. So then you also went to school for screenwriting. Did you do that immediately when you decided to leave your job or did you wait a few years? Um, I actually did that um, in between. So I, you know, I went back to NYU for screenwriting and um, I just taken classes um, to develop uh, a feature film that I had in mind. So I did that, you know, after work, um, night times. Oh, okay. So you did that like part-time at night. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Did you find that, do you find that, that, um, professional schooling is needed? Like, did you find it useful to go back to school for that? No, I don't, I don't think it's really needed. Um, I think it's just a matter of, uh, the people that I found at, uh, the film school, uh, they became like really my good buddies and um, people that I associated with um, in later early projects. So I don't know if, if film school uh, is necessarily the, the answer, but I, I think it's like collaborating with people that are like-minded and finding that unique uh, talent of people that, that could um, share that vision with you. Mm-hmm, right. That's, that is true, finding those people. So you, I'm assuming you were working in New York City, right, at Unilever? Yeah, I was. So you were at this desk job from nine to five. How did you kind of balance this creative side and your desk job? Um, so I, I think uh, it, it's always, um, it, it's a balance. Like you do the nine to five, but then you come home, um, you know, after like, uh, you know, after nine o'clock, you start writing um, again. Um, so I kind of forced myself to write about like two or three pages a day, um, which is pretty, pretty decent, you know? Um, one thing I realized is that even after work, um, you know, even after I quit my job at Unilever, um, I started to like write full time, um, but still the output was pretty much the same, which was about like three or like four pages a day. Um, and I think sometimes like you try to stretch it out a lot more and, and it doesn't really work. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a breaking point I feel like, uh, for writers, it, it, at least for me, it, there is, you know, after like three or four pages, it's just kind of like, I don't know, like nothing comes out right. Yeah, that's true. Like you, you just feel like you've hit a wall. Yeah. So did people at work know what you were doing? Um, yeah, they did. Um, they've seen my YouTube videos and things like that. So, you know, a lot, there was a lot of support. Um, and that's one thing I, I really liked about it. I think um, when I when I decided to quit my job, um, you know, you speak to people, people come start um, talking to you about their own passions and how um, they want to kind of leave corporate and uh, to do something that they're really passionate about. So like, it was great hearing these stories from people that I never thought like, you know, had like a, a life outside of work. <laughs> so that was like very nice. That is awesome. So when you left, like the day you left, like, how did you decide that this is it? Like, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of thought went behind it picking that day. Yeah, it, it did actually. Um, so, um, I don't know, it, uh, you know, it was, it was haunting me for about a couple of years. Um, and then I, you know, told my wife that I just have to like pick a date. Um, and it was like March 15th or something like that. And I just picked a date, um, and, and, and did it and kind of like worked backwards, you know, like, so I had like three months to tell my, my boss, um, that, that I'm, you know, thinking about quitting. And then I just gave like a two week notice, um, and, and said that, um, you know, I'm pretty much out <laughs> and, uh, um, and and then you know I, during that time I, I had like two or three shows to pitch out. One was um, uh, Brown Nation, 
um, you know, it was like a, a pitch, you know, we had the pitch document, we had the, uh, the, we, we had the, uh, the script ready, the pilot ready, um, everything ready. Um, and so I decided to kind of, uh, quit and like take it full time. That's awesome. So you had told your manager or your boss ahead of time that you were going to quit and that didn't cause any friction? Um, it didn't, it didn't, um, <laughs> it, it didn't because, you know, they all always knew that, um, I was kind of passionate about, uh, films, you know, uh-huh. so I was kind of open about it. Um, Got I was it. pretty, yeah, I was pretty open about it. Okay. So I want to get to this pitching stuff, a couple more questions sure. before we move on. So you, you leave your job. Can I ask you how old you were when you left your job? Yeah, I was, um, 28, 28. Yeah. And what was your uh, parents' reaction? Um, <laughs> um, it was uh, my my mom, dad were like pretty worried about me. So, just so our listeners know, you're South Asian, right? So yes. you have the South Asian the that culture of like you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer and be successful in a traditional job, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were kind of like happy with my job, and um, I was traveling, <laughs> I was making decent money, and like it was pretty safe. Um, and then, um, yeah, so they were, they were kind of pretty like afraid of like what I'm going to be, <laughs> but they always knew that, um, I, you know, I had a thing for, for films. And even when I was like 14, I, you know, I, I made short films and all these things. So they always knew that I was going to do it one day, but they just didn't realize it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so did they give you a big lecture? Um, they, they did. No, they were just being like, uh, you know, just being cautious about it. Um, so it wasn't as much of a big lecture as as it was like, you know, just, you know, make sure that you want to do it, you know, and mm-hmm. kind of figuring out like uh, that uh, you're not going to be getting paid, that safety cushion is gone. So, yeah. So what were, what were your thoughts about that? Like, what were you going to do for an income? I know you were going to pitch these things, but while those pitches were happening, what was the income looking like? Um, so that was very hard because, um, it, you know, every, in, in a corporate environment, you get like weekly or bi-weekly, right? Like, or like, uh, sorry, bi-monthly pay, which is pretty safe. And, um, and the fact that, um, like, even if like, and this is the thing, like, even if you did hard work or even if you like did mediocre work, you still got paid. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> but outside of, outside of the corporate environment, it doesn't work that way. I love that. So. I'm going to put that on my desk. Even if I do mediocre work, you got to pay me. <laughs> Yeah, and then and and who's gonna know, right? So, exactly. so, but uh, just coming outside of that, you realize that you really have to work uh, for 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 money, uh, and the fact that if you don't do any um, good work, right, especially in this creative uh, field, um, that you won't be taken, you know, uh, that no one's gonna take your material, um, and the fact that uh, no one's even gonna consider you, um, and even. Um, even if you do have like good am- amount of work that you have, it's it's just going to require a lot of time um, for something to get made, you know. And that that's the first thing that I that I really got uh, I really learned um, once I quit my job. So how are you supporting yourself? Um, so it's pretty much right now. It's pretty much uh, jobs after jobs. Um, so you know, with, with the success of um, Brown Nation, I have had like two other film offers. Um, and we just recently did another TV series. So, okay, uh, yeah, recently it's been like good, you know, but it's just the first, um, year, um, after I quit, um, it was, it was pretty tough. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, in that first year, how were you supporting yourself? Just savings? Yeah, it was just savings. Yeah. It was pretty much like, you know, I just saved up, um, knowing that this day was going to come. So uh, would you do anything differently? Like 
planning ahead or anything? Um, no, I, I think I was pretty planned pretty well. Like I had like multiple projects going, uh, but the fact is that um, it was uh, we we pitched it out. So for Brown Nation, we pitched out the the TV series to multiple um, networks, right? And um, the issues that we were having is that uh, a lot of people thought that um, it, it was kind of like stuck in the middle, like where it wasn't it wasn't very Indian. And it wasn't very American. So right. it was like somewhere in between. Um, so what I decided was um, I took my own money, uh, me and like two of my friends, um, two of the other writers, we put up our own money and created a pilot. Uh, we shot a pilot um, and showed it to investors. Um, then we got the, the actual funding to make the, the first season of Brown Nation. Um, so even before it was like greenlit by like uh, – um, I would say like by uh, distribution companies, um, we actually uh, made that entire thing independently. I love that. I love how you just went, like, did someone tell you that it would help if you made a pilot, if you filmed it, if you shot it? Yeah. Cause every, um, cause everywhere we go, I'm, um, you know, I'm meeting people and uh, they would all say that, uh, you know, there's a, a hundreds of like scripts that come in, you know, every week. And how do you kind of stand out, right? So um, we wanted to kind of stand out um, and kind of put our own money uh, towards our work. And so that kind of like shows a little bit of initiative from our side and the fact that uh, we're kind of like able to risk our own money um, and because we really believe in our project. Right. Does it? So let's walk through the pitch process for people who are interested in uh, in getting into writing. So you wrote your script. Did you, when you wrote your script, like did, were you writing this at NYU still, or did you do this on your own time? So, um, at, at NYU, we were writing a feature film. Okay. Um, so right after that, um, knowing that we, the feature film wasn't taking a long time to, um, uh, get financed. Uh, we started doing something smaller budget, um, which was this, which was, uh, which is Brown nation, which Brown was nation. about, yeah. And, uh, me and my, friend who wrote the feature with me um we came together and we were like let's just do something really fast um that we don't need to spend a lot of money on and see if it works so it was a it was a sitcom and um, i was always been like fascinated by sitcoms um uh, because it i don't know for me it's like it's uh it's there seemed to be a little bit easier to write um and i like the format about 22 minutes um and i like the fact of like building a character and just you know changing around the situations. Um, I always liked that. So it kind of felt natural to me. Um, so that's why uh, we kind of created uh, Brown Nation because it was a space that no one was playing in at that time. And we figured, why don't we just, um, you know, shoot the pilot and see where it takes us. So the, the pilot um, got pretty good traction from investors and they were able to like fund the first 10 episodes. So taking a step back, so you write a script. Um, when you write a script, then do you have to like get it edited? Do you submit? Like I know there's all these websites online where you pay them and they'll read your scripts for you. Did you do any of that stuff? Um, no, we we didn't do any of that. Um, it was pretty much like uh, three of us. So I, you know, we would come, we would come together, we would sit down and write, uh, you know, an episode, like just an outline of, of an episode. What happens like an A story, a B story, and a C story. Um, but um, it would be Matt, me, and uh, George. We would uh, write this together, but uh, one of us would do the first episode, well, first episode, like the first um, draft, pass it on to the second person, and the third person would have like the the, the final say. 
Okay, awesome. So, yeah. That's a good, good process. And so, so you write this script, and then what do you do? Do you have to find an agent? Um, no, for uh, you know, being that it was like independent, um, we didn't have to find the agent first. Uh, we just um, had to convince the actors. And once we got the actors uh, on board, um, we had uh, Raj Verma and Shana Strajriwala uh, and Omi Vaidya. We had a couple of players that were kind of known in the, in the Indian uh, film industry. So once we got them involved, uh, we were able to go back to the investors and uh, pull in a couple of investors saying that uh, we have, we, we, you know, packaging this thing with, you know, we got 10 episodes. These are roughly the ideas. This is where the show is going to go for the first season. And these are the actors attached. Um, Seeing that, they were able to say, oh, we kind of see where the 10 episodes are going. Um, Yes, we do would want to, you know, invest money in or would not want to invest money in. Okay. And so do you have to get investors before you went to pitch to Netflix? Yeah. So for for Brown Nation, what we did was um, we got the, the entire investors we even before we went to Netflix, we shot the entire thing, you know, which was oh, all a, 10 episodes? Yeah, yeah, which was oh, a wow. pretty risky move on our side. But uh, I, I think it's just because we didn't know any better at that time <laughs> that, that we did that. And I don't know if I will, I'll, I'll do that again, um, because it, it, it's a really like it's a big risk um, to do that. So how, what, when you talk investors, how do you find an investor? What is for people who don't know what is an investor? So invest, so in, investors and producers are, are a little bit different. Um, producers who um, the person who really kind of manages the the whole project um, finds the director, finds the writers, and all that. So they kind of manage like even the creative aspects of it a little bit. Uh, the investors is um, purely like money based. So anyone who's willing to put in some money. Um, for a rate of return um, at, at the back at, at the at the very end, if the show succeeds, right? So uh, we found those investors just because um, our shows in the past has done pretty well. Uh, we were able to like we had a pool of networks of um, investors that uh, that we kind of pulled from, but uh, we also do um, just you know pitch uh, pitch decks with uh, pitch meetings. Um, and we, you know, even go to, go to, um, like networking events, uh, to find, uh, you know, to, to, f- to find investors that, that we could p- pitch out to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you have to find these investors to give you the money to put the pitches together. And then how do you go about setting up these meetings with Netflix and whoever else you pitch to? Yeah. So I, so what we did with Brown Nation was basically, um, you know, since once we got the entire, um, project filmed then uh we took um you know we took an agent and into to kind of uh, show us show the product out to an agent okay. uh, who came and then they, they liked the project and then they kind of pitched out to netflix so i don't think as a you know as a writer director i don't think you could approach uh netflix on your own i think you definitely need an agent to kind of uh do that work for you um you know, un- un- unless you're like a big, uh, big time writer director, I don't think you right. could, if there's a way to like, you know, just mosey on into Netflix, yeah, yeah. And be like, yeah. watch my show. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just think yeah, you just need a reputed um, agent who could kind of take your stuff um, to them. Got it. So when you went to look for an agent, is that do you go and interview different people to see who who fits what you're trying to sell? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know we have 
we had two agencies uh, repping us at that time. We had uh, CAA, and we also had a, um, a smaller agency called Tulsi, uh, who are my agents. Um, they're based in India. So we had them both uh, repping us. Okay. Is that normal to have two agents? Um, it, it, it's not. But since this was a very unique product, uh, which was like American and Indian, uh, right. we just decided to go both routes. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Very cool. It sounds like a great journey. So I guess from start to finish, how long does it take to write to, when you started writing the script to actually getting it on Netflix? Um, it actually took about like two, two years, uh, okay. a little over, yeah, a little over two years. Um, because I'll tell you like right after I quit uh, my job, um, it took about a year to like, um, to get the financing and everything done, you know, another two or three months. The easy, I think the easiest part is the, the filming. <laughs> the shooting part is probably the easiest part. Um, everything that leads up to it and the, the end is, is where like the difficulty lies in. The end meaning like getting it actually. Getting it out. out. Yeah. Getting it out on, onto Netflix, getting it out, like the, the editing, uh, the, the sound, per, sound design, um, even just making, um, you know, even just getting the distribution out to to a to a Netflix, I think that's like the hardest stuff. Mm-hmm. And your agent helps you through all that, or at that point, is the agent done helping you? Um, no, I think they're they're um, they're throughout the journey. So um, once you have them, um, they're still involved um, right now um, uh, to do. You know, if we were to do a season two, um, um, they'll also be involved. So what, where does your inspiration come? Like you've done so many different things. You've done YouTube web series in your own language and now you're doing something that's leans. I I mean, I've watched Brown Nation. I would, I would think it leans more American. Like it's, I mean, I don't know. Do they show it in India on Netflix? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it does. Uh, I think it's about an, yeah, 190 countries or something. Oh, like wow. that. Okay. Yeah. okay. So I guess where does your inspiration come from what you want to write and put out there? I think most of it comes from like my family. Um, most of it comes from um, the things that I'm around. Um, for example, like the new series that we're doing, um, it's called Metro Park. And um, I don't know if you've ever been to Jersey. Uh, I've been to Edison. Yeah. So, so that's, <laughs> of course, I would say that, right? You expected that. <laughs> no. So, so this whole thing, uh, this whole series uh, revolves around like Indians and Edison. Um, okay. Edison, Jersey. Like, there's this, uh, there's this um, train station called Metro Park uh, in okay. Edison. Uh, the minute you land, the minute you like arrive there, it's just like uh, posters of like Amitabh Bachchan, and, <laughs> and and you could actually smell the curry. Like as you like are walking out of the train, you know. That's awesome. I've never, I never took the train there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you take the like, and, and there's a lot of people who commute into the city from there, mm-hmm. um, but it's just like a world like difference, you know. Like you, you like step out of the train and you're like, wow, like I went to like somewhere else, you know. Like it doesn't <laughs> feel like America. So I always wanted to do something around with that environment. And uh, the, the show that we're working on right now, it's called Metro Park. Um, it, it kind of revolves around that. Um, so I kind of like take pretty much experiences that I've like lived around and, you know, been a part of um, and kind of like make kind of fun of it. How was your wife going through all this? Like when you left your job, was she very supportive? Um, yeah, she's 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 uh, been very supportive of all this. Um, you know, it gets it gets tough um, from time to time because I'm away um, a lot. Uh, like just this year, I was in India for about like four months out of the year. 
um, working on a feature. And uh, so just like that schedule gets a little tough, but uh, she's been very supportive about this. So how did you connect with people? I know you're, you were born in India, but you moved to the States pretty young. How did you go back to India and connect with people there to kind of do film there as well? Um, so I've, um, I studied in India for about a year, um, right at, right out of high school. I, you know, my, my dad kind of forced me to go, go to India and kind of learn the culture. <laughs> so, nice. so I was in India for about a year, year and a half, like just, um, you know, going to school. Um, and I kind of like really liked it. Um, you know, I went back to Bombay. Um, I re- really liked the culture. I really like going back to, um, Bombay, like living in, uh, Cochin. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of stories to be told there still. Um, and I think it's, there's a new wave of like Indian, like filmmakers that are doing great things. Um, and I think it's a great time to go back and kind of, um, uh, do some really great stuff there. That's cool. So I know you started, you started with the web series right on YouTube. I guess, what would you say to creatives right now? Like, I mean, you started on YouTube, Issa Rae started on YouTube, it, but a lot of people now will say YouTube is oversaturated. It's hard to get found. What would you say to those people? Um, I don't know. I, I think um, I think if your content is relevant and unique, I think p- people will find you. Um, I, I think it, it's definitely much harder uh, than when I started, I, I feel, because there's just an abundance of uh of material out there, but I, I still do feel that if you are unique and if you have a unique story to tell people, people will find you. So you've got all these great things happening. I mean, you've got Brown nation, you're working on this feature film. What is your goal in your creative journey? Um, I think it is uh, to, you know, to go back and forth with like American content and, and Indian content. Um, and, and ideally I would love to do that. I would love to do more of like, um, like Hindi featured films, but I would also want to come back and do something that's truly American. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's like something unique um, that our generation has that uh, we could switch back and forth. Um, and I, I really want to explore that. Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Do you think you would ever put together like the next blockbuster movie, like uh, Crazy Rich Asians or something? <laughs> you know, everyone is like on that film now. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. I want you to make that f- our film. Where is our Indian film? <laughs> I'm sure it's going to happen. Like if it's not me, somebody else is going to do it in the next two years. <laughs> it's going to be like a seven day wedding. It's going to need two intermissions. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's like, but I haven't seen the film, but it, it just feels like it's a, it's like your, your like Bollywood film, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, without the song and dance yeah, yeah. <laughs> and intermission, but I mean, it's been such an amazing blockbuster year, right? You had Black Panther, you had Crazy Rich Asians. It's like, when is it going to be time for the South Asians to really shine? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 going to happen soon. Yeah, we're waiting so, on you. Yeah. <laughs> so, what has been the most memorable moment of your journey? Um, I think uh, I, I think it's the release uh, of my first film in in um, in Kerala. Um, I think uh, you know you, you you know you work a lot. You work like two or three years to like uh, make this happen. Um, but uh, there's a great feeling when you see like billboards of your film uh, that you thought about years for years up on um, on a billboard. It, it's just like a, it's still a great feeling to me. Um, the fact that, uh, you created these characters and they're now, they're like living on like in a, in a theater and like living in like billboards and all that. So it, it, it's still a very unique experience that whole, um, the release date, um, and having your film shown in a theater 
and p- having like millions of people come in and watch your film. For sure. So what are some of the challenges you faced? Um, I think one of the biggest challenges is um, like one of, one of, one of the, the features that I did um, did not really do well. Um, and it was about a year, year and a half of my journey. Um, and it took me about a year to kind of um, get out of the like depression mode of like why that film did not work. Um, and one, I think one of the, one of the reasons is that, um, and this happened to me. I think one of the reasons is that uh, I think I told a very American story uh, to to a regional um, uh, to to, re- to you know for a regional film. Um, the film was called Monsoon Mangoes, and um, and um, it was it, it had a very like American sensibility that I tried to adapt to like a very like a regional film. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work, you know, um, because it, it looked very much like an American film. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That's a good, that's a good challenge. What other, have you had any other challenges? Have you faced any kind of pushback because you wanted, I mean, you're the first other than maybe if you consider Aziz Ansari, you're like the first South Asian TV show on Netflix. Right? Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah. I, and that, the, one of the other biggest challenges that um, I kind of briefly touched on it before this is like, where does like a show like Brown Nation sit, right? Yes, um, right. It, does it sit uh, in the American world like, or does it sit in the Indian world? And I think it's somewhere in between. You know, I don't think, I really don't think it's fully American. I really don't think it's fully Indian. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere in between. And I think that's where um, the Netflix or the um, the Amazons of the world is kind of, uh, you know, they're there at the right time because I think it's able to capture those people in between as well. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. But did you ever get any pushback from people who were saying don't don't go this route and just stay mainstream American? Yeah, I mean, um, a lot a lot of people like when you start pitching out, you know, a lot of people will say that to you, saying that uh, you know it's somewhere in that land. But but I feel like that's changing. Like I think uh, one of your the examples that you just said about like crazy rich uh, Asians, I think that's pretty much uh i think it's assessment of like what how times are changing because i think that um leads itself to somewhere in between as well you know mm-hmm. um yeah so so i think times are changing and i think um that that market's gonna open up a lot more that's true yeah no i agree and i hope so because i think you're right we're we're at that we're at that moment where where a lot of change i feel is coming in the next year or two so what advice do you have for creatives on their journey? Um, I think it's, uh, for me, I think it's like start as early as you can, you know, like I don't, I don't think you need to like wait to, you know, have like a safe job. That's one thing I, I've learned that uh, there's nothing called safety. Even if you have like a regular job, I don't think there's anything called safety. Um, I think if you're really passionate about filmmaking or whatever it is, um, I think you should just start it as early as possible and uh, even if you fail, um, just keep going at it um, because it's eventually, you know, you're going to make it. Eventually, uh, you're going to find your own voice and it's all going to work out. Yes, I love that. I love that that you need to people need to learn that failure is OK and it's OK to bounce back. And I mean, what would you say is one? I mean, you, you mentioned it a little earlier. One of your feature films didn't do as well as it um, that you had hoped that it would. But is there any big failure that really helped you kind of? move forward and really develop your skill set? No, I think it's, uh, I think it's that, I think, um, you know, I've had a couple of like good successes, but I think you, 
only learn from like your failures. So and I think that film um, taught me a lot mm-hmm. um, about uh, just kind of like moving on too, right? So like you yes. can't just, um, you know, you can't just like um, stay with your failures. Like you just got to move on. Like some, you know, sometimes like things don't work um, mm-hmm. and you just have to kind of like change your way of doing things and, and see if it works out better. Yep. No, that's true. I feel like creatives do that too. We, we, we mourn in our own losses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I will, I will mourn something to death and I have to like have it torn away from me. Yeah. No. Well, this was really informative. Are you ready for the lightning round? <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. Awesome. So first question, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, uh, fail fast and uh, like fail <laughs> hard. <laughs> What's your definition of success? Um, I think it's pretty much doing what you love to do and um, making a living out of it. Who inspires you and why? I, I love. I know. I know. There's a lot of uh, stigma behind this guy, but uh, I love Woody Allen. <laughs> I love the way he tells stories. I love the the quirkiness that he's got. I love the the fact that um, he takes all his like childhood memories and like uh, makes fun of it. Um, um, I, I love his pure sense of like storytelling. What's a habit that's helped you on your journey? Um, just being uh, like very habit oriented, like just writing like two, three pages a day and just making a habit out of it. Like uh, no matter how painful it is, just making sure that uh, you do that on a daily basis. And what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I want to I be like, remember for something quirky that you know <laughs> this comedy that i do that's kind of quirky and uh unique a style of its own so hopefully you know with you know doing a couple of films like this um i, I will definitely have a, a a unique style um that uh people resonate with that's a good i love that so abi if people wanted our listeners wanted to find you online where could they find you um, they could uh, find me on uh twitter uh or facebook uh, uh Abhi Varghese, it's A-B-I-V-A-R-G-H-E-S-E. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Shane, thank you so much for having me. Hey, before you hit pause, did you find this episode helpful and enjoyable? If so, could you leave an Apple podcast, aka iTunes review? It'll take you less than one minute and mean the world to me. The more ratings and reviews the show gets, the more people are able to find this podcast. If you're unsure how to leave a review, no worries. If you're on your iPhone or iPad, go to the homepage of this show and scroll down to write a review. Click on it and you'll be able to rate and review the show. If you're on a Mac from iTunes, go to the show homepage and on the top, click ratings and reviews. Also, please subscribe to get the latest episodes once they drop. If you enjoy the episode and know someone who would love it, please share. From your iPhone, click on the icon with three dots and then share via social media, email, or text. If you want to hear more, head over to funnybrowngirl.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me online. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Funny Brown Girl. Also, sign up for my free newsletter for more tips to advance your creative journey at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And again, if you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thank you for listening. See you next week. <laughs>